man, is it hard to pick a track for a podcast. Uh, But rather than obsess over this, I would rather get this episode one up and running. So expect some mediocre music and transitions. And bear with me while I try to get a grasp of this whole podcast thing. All right, thanks. Like I said, bear with me. Hi, podcast world. Welcome to Team Glease Radio. My name is Lindsay Gleason, and I'm the founder of Team Glease, an international recruitment company that connects former NCAA, NAIA, and collegiate club student-athletes with colleges in the UK, where they can study abroad and earn a master's degree in one year, compete on a college team even though their eligibility is up in the U.S., and explore Europe all at the same time. On Team Police Radio, I'll be interviewing TG alumni who have already gone through our program and returned back to the States, TG athletes who are currently studying and competing overseas, recruiters from our partner universities in the UK, and whoever else you guys want to hear from. We'll cover everything from what it's like to study and compete in the UK to why universities overseas want to recruit student-athletes from America to what lessons our students learn while living abroad to how this international experience has benefited their futures both personally and professionally. So if you're currently sitting in America and tick any of these boxes, your collegiate career just ended, you're not ready to give up your sport, you always wanted to study abroad but never got to, you're interested in playing overseas but don't really know where to begin, you graduated a few years ago and now you're ready to go back to school, you're not happy in your current job and you want to make a career change, I know, long list, two more, you already planned on getting a master's degree, or maybe you just plain old want adventure, this podcast is for you. I hope you guys enjoy this episode of Team Gleese Radio. Let the TG stories begin. This is episode one with former Leeds Beckett University basketball TGer JD Robson. JD, welcome to Team Gleese Radio. Woo-hoo! Thank you, Lindsay. I'm excited to be here. So, <laughs> so excited. I want to start by thanking you to agree to this because, I mean, this is the first podcast, no clue what we're doing. And it just makes so much sense for you to be the first guest. You are one of my first TG years and we are super great, apparently at starting new <laughs> things together and experiencing new shit. So, so honestly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for agreeing well, no, to Thank you. That. I feel very honored. Um, I really am really excited and I really do hope it helps, you know, a person that's looking for TG and needs TG in their life. And I hope that a podcast like this can help them make their decision, which will be the best decision in their life. So um, I really hope that it works out. So, Okay, let's start from the beginning. Talk to us about pre-TG. So where you played in the U.S. and what your career plans were before you even heard about us. Well, I am from Austin, Texas. And uh, I played college basketball at Abilene Christian University, which is a um, small town out in West Texas. Uh, So most people probably that are listening to this have never heard of that. Um, But (laughs) yeah, small town, about 100,000 people. 
Um, and while, before TG, I had actually um, already started my coaching career. I was three years removed from school. So I had already done a year of um, kind of student assistant at ACU. And then also I had already been doing two years of teaching American history and coaching basketball at the high school level down in Austin. Um, and so, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do quite yet. Um, but I knew that I wanted to try to get to the college ranks back to the college ranks. And so I knew uh, like a GA spot or, you know, trying to be a volunteer assistant or something like that was probably my next step or staying at the high school level and, you know, just trying to climb to a bigger school. And so that was kind of what I was planning on doing before TG came across my board. So how did you hear about Team Glee? Yeah, so right when our season was done, so in March of 2014, uh, I started looking for college jobs, and I knew that I probably, like I said, had to do a GA spot, you know, and get my master's because most schools will require you to get your master's. And so I was on the NCA website, and I kept, you know, seeing GA spots, GA spots, but I kept seeing this thing come up about uh, – playing overseas, getting your master's overseas. And um, that, I guess, TG just kept popping up on the NCA website. And so that's how I originally heard about it, uh, was through the NCA website. So when you came across yeah. it, what were your initial thoughts? Like, what was your first <clears throat> response when you started reading yeah. about it? My first response was, this is the most freaking awesome thing ever. Um, <laughs> and then my second response followed very shortly after that was, then it has to be a scam. Um, Ooh, yeah. And because I think, you know, it's funny when I first saw it, it intrigued me and I read the definition and I was like, there is no way this is real. So I kind of blew it off and I kept applying to jobs for the next um, probably two, probably two weeks. But I kept thinking about it because it kept popping up. And I was like, man, if that was real. How awesome would that be? Um, and I even to the point where I was dreaming about playing again, which is hilarious because I was like, I've been a coach for three years now. But the thought of like traveling and playing, but also being able to get my master's just sounded so incredible. That I thought this has to be a scam. I mean, 100 percent has to be a scam. And so um, yeah, was that my first reaction. Still, that is what 95 percent of the students I come in contact with. That's how they respond to it. And you know, we've talked about my story enough. You know that's how I thought oh, about yeah. it too. I saw it, just blew it off because I was like, no one's talking yeah. about this. I don't know anyone who's done this. So how is it real? But I was also like, if I if I don't do this, I will regret it forever because it's such an amazing opportunity. So, okay. So ultimately you started to take it more yes, seriously. Yes. And then you signed up on Team I sure Glee. did. So walk us through, walk us through that process. Well, it was funny. I remember, so I signed up and I was, I was like, okay. You know, I was like, all right, I'm just going to at least sign up on this website and see what comes from it. Um, and so, you know, I put my picture up there. I had to go back and try to find, you know, because it had been a while since I had played. And so I had to go try to find mm -hmm. articles about me and, my stats and video, you know, I had to reach back out and try to find video of me. Um, and so to try to put that all on there. And then I did all that and I was like, I still don't know, man. So at that point I was like, you know what? I'm just going to call the owner of the company, which is you. 
um, and just straight up ask her if this is a scam. And I remember thinking, mm-hmm. I remember thinking, I don't know if this will ever work because why would they tell me the truth if it is a scam? You know, but I was just thinking, <laughs> right. please, God, let be good, good people be on the other side of this phone conversation so that I don't get money <laughs> taken from me. Um, and so yeah. I remember I, I, I called first and I went to a voicemail. And so literally probably 10 seconds later, I shot an email that was like, hey, like this is my name is J.D. Robson, you know. I just called you. I really just want to know if this is a scam because it just sounds so mm-hmm. awesome that I would just love to do it. Um, and I remember that you called me back pretty quickly. Um, and we had a long conversation. I remember I was sitting in, in my you know classroom, uh, essentially daydreaming as we continued to talk about what it was. And, and the fact that it didn't cost money was a big deal to me. That was, that was a huge one of the reasons why I think I trusted you so much so quickly was that you would have been like, well, yeah, it costs $1,500 up front. I would have been like, see you later, dude. But the fact that it was free and that someone was willing to talk to me on the other end of the line, I think really was a big part of why I was like, okay, I can continue in this process, you know? And so. Yeah. And you had nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Right. Nothing to lose. And I remember you. So I get a voicemail from you, and and I, I'm pretty sure you sent me two emails, and I was like, I, I might have sent you back. seven. I don't and, know, you know. Uh, so. <laughs> and I, no, it was great. And I was like, and JD, I told you this. I still have your voicemail <laughs> yes. and I'm, and I can fit if I can figure out how to get it on this podcast. Because again, I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> right now with this, so I got to figure it out. But I saved it, and and I was like, man, I wish. Every student was this proactive. He's just on his shit. He's got a great profile up. He wants to talk. And we connected oh, immediately, yeah. just oh, like yeah. that. Well, I think anytime you get someone talking about – because I just remember sitting in my classroom one day, and I absolutely loved teaching and coaching at the time. You know, I was 24, about to turn 25, and I loved my job. But I just felt like – while I was young and single, I was like, I just have to be doing something else. And so when I came across mm-hmm. it, it literally felt like a part of my heart and brain, like the canal to my dreams had literally just opened up, you know? And I mean, I mean, I was like, I was like yeah. a little, little giddy schoolgirl. Like, it's like all I could think about, <laughs> you know, like when we were talking on the phone originally, I was just pacing back and forth. Like, I'm sure if someone looked in my classroom, they thought I was crazy. Um, but right. I was just so excited. You know, I, I had loved traveling when I'd done it before and I obviously missed playing. You know, my, my coaching staff that I was with used to make fun of me and said, I still had too much of a player inside of me that I wasn't next, you know, mm-hmm. to a coach yet. And mm-hmm. I knew in order to advance my career, I needed a master's and the fact that I could do it while traveling and playing and not having to be in an office, you know, environment for two years, I think was just, it opened up my door. So when you started talking to me and, Tell me that my dreams could come true. I was like, yeah, I'll talk to this girl as long as she wants to, you know? <laughs> uh, so, right. Um, How did getting to play in another country impact your <laughs> career moving yeah. forward as a, as a college basketball yeah. coach? Um, yeah, it's awesome. You know, I think, uh, I don't know. I don't think we've heard, but I currently coach on the assistant coach at Temple College, which is about an hour uh, north of Austin. Um, it's a junior college, and I've been there. This is my second year there now, um, and it makes a huge difference. I mean, I think for anybody that's trying to go into any realm of sport, the fact that you can play overseas um, 
it really adds to your resume. One, because the fact that you said you played overseas, you know, in America, we don't know even know what that really means a whole lot, you know, I mean, because there's so many different levels and there's so many different things, but that adds Mm -hmm. experience. The more playing I can get, the more basketball I can see that obviously adds to what I know. And, and so I think one of the big things I learned very quickly while I was over there was that the European game was so much different than the American game that it actually has made me a better coach because I see it from both sides now. Um, And so, you know, where over there, a lot of their stuff is more finesse, at least in England, you know, each country is going to be different, but at least Mm -hmm. in England, it was more finesse, you know, it was more in transition. They do pull up three pointers. Um, You know, it was instead of where in America we teach, you know, drive to the basket, drive to the basket, drive to the basket. And so, and they do a lot of face up um, with their post players and we do a lot of back to the basket. You know, I think America is actually starting to go more towards the European game. But for me as a coach now, since I know those things and seeing where basketball is going, I'm able to develop my players, especially at the junior college level, trying to get them to a higher level um, at a much, I think, more efficient way because I see both sides of the game now, you know, whether that's from my experience of Europe or my experience of playing over here. And so I think it definitely has had an impact. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. I love that. Okay, let's rewind okay. a little bit back to when you were considering Team Blues for yes. yourself, okay? How did your support system, your circle, your family, your friends, how did everyone react to it? Yeah. When you told them you were considering it's it? It's funny because I've always been a dreamer, right? And so I've always had these great grand ideas that I always tell people I'm going to do. And mm-hmm. then people are like, really? Are you sure? Um, you know, and some mm-hmm. of them happen, some of them don't. But I just, I would say that I'm, I trust in people a lot and I'm more on the positive side. And so I'll be honest, originally I was a little nervous to tell my family about the opportunity because at first I thought they were going to have the exact same reaction I did, which was, are you kidding me? What's the, what's the catch? Mm-hmm. Where's the scam? How much money are you having to pay? Um, we don't want you to leave Texas. You know, I don't know why, but Texans just love to stay in Texas. And so, um, <laughs> you know, but you know, so after you and I talked and it, the kind of, I kind of got a better glimpse of the reality of what it was and I had more information to tell. Um, I remember telling kind of my family, my parents, I also told my bosses, so my head coach and my principal at the time, like, hey, I think this is something to do. And all their answers were the same, which is, JD, that's awesome. If you could do it, like, do it. Just make sure, like, it's the real deal. You know, make sure there's nowhere to pay. Right. Make sure there's nowhere, like, they're going to say, meet me in this dark alley at this time, you know, to, and they're going to, you know, like <laughs> make sure there's nothing sketchy about it. Um, Come yeah, with no you know, one. and you know, bring a briefcase with this much money. Yeah. Anything like that, you know, <laughs> um, you know, if that, if that is all intact and it's all a real deal and there's people on the other end of the line, then you should take a shot at it. And I was just like, okay. And the fact that they were there to help me, cause it's just so unorthodox, you know, in America we teach, Go to a four-year university, and if you get the opportunity to play sport, that's great because you get a scholarship. But then when you're done, you need to work the rest of your life. And mm-hmm. that's what we teach here. Party's oh, yeah. over. Yeah, time, time to join the real world. Let's get a job for the next 40 years, 45 years. And I remember my mom, when I originally told her about it, she looked at me and she said, J.D., you can work the rest of your life, but you can never go travel and play and do these things because once you're married and have kids it's a different story and i was like mom i love you you know i was just like um <laughs> you know the wisdom of of my mother was um 
was great there. And, and so it, it definitely made it more exciting and, and, you know, uh, it definitely made it more real. Cause once the fact that people supported me, I think it helped out. So. Yeah. So let's stay on this topic for a second because you're really lucky yeah, oh, in yeah, that aspect absolutely. that you're, your people, the people you love were, they just jumped on board and yeah. they were behind you and they supported you and they were like, yes, you got to do this if it's real. What now that's not the case yeah. for everybody. And what advice do you have for people who, when they finally tell their friends and family about it and they're met with nothing but yeah. resistance, what advice do you have for those students considering this who really don't have anybody rallying behind yeah. them? Yeah. You know, that's tough. I mean, that's really tough. And what I would tell anybody is a lot of times people that aren't willing to support it is one because they're scared about it and they don't know about it. You know, it's different than what we mm -hmm. normally do. Um, or two, because, you know, it's just, it's just such a unique opportunity that they're like, there's no way that can be real. And I would tell those people, you got to do it anyway. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you're the one that has to live your life. You know, if you look back on your life mm -hmm. 40 years from now and say, man, I wish I would have done that. You're going to really regret that. And so it's not their life. And I remember, my dad didn't give me resistance, but he definitely questioned it a lot more. Um, and I think a lot of it was, was he was scared that I was going to go overseas and just play around. And, and mm -hmm. the more that him and I talked about it, the more I realized it's because he never got the chance to travel. He had literally never been to Europe. He'd never done those things. And so I think a part of it was like, um, you know, he wanted to be a part of it, you know? And so, and, mm -hmm. and so I would tell anybody to do it. I mean, you have to, because, and that was one of the big, deciding factors for me as I was sitting there in my office, I was like, okay, I can continue to work this job, continue to build my career, but what am I going to regret more in life down the road? You know, am I going to regret that I didn't move overseas, that I didn't go play again, that I didn't go get my master's and have all those experiences, or am I going to regret that I sat in this office and just continued to work? And the question was easy. I mean, literally at one point I was just looking up places to travel, you know, I was like, oh yeah, I also mm -hmm. have to play basketball and you know, do my master's. Um, and so, you know, and so I, yet again, I would tell people to do it. You know I mean? You have to, uh, it's your life. And I'm not saying not to listen to your family, but, um, I would push past that. Right. So respect the people. Cause really our, our loved ones want what's oh, best for us. And they think that maybe it's not best for us yeah. to go, but it really just comes down to a lack of awareness yeah. and knowledge, especially if they've never traveled, it's hard to, get good advice, you know, if people really haven't had these experiences for themselves. Absolutely. So love that you were brave enough to make the choice. You're a rock star. Thank you. Thank you. Next question. <laughs> you are so welcome. <laughs> Let's talk about the uni you went okay. to and what you studied. Yep. So I attended Leeds Beckett University, um, which is about a three hour train ride, um, which is fun to say train ride. Um, from uh, <laughs> London, uh, North. And so I studied um, a master's in sports business. Um, I loved it, you know, and uh, do you want me to tell about my process of picking that one or do you just want to know what it was? Yeah, go for it. You know, and so yeah, I think, and Lindsay can attest to this, you know, I had a, I actually applied to three universities, I mean, two universities, and the first one I didn't get into, and I was super bummed, and I was telling Lindsay, I was like, Lindsay, I'm going to fly over there, and I'm going to make them pick me. Um, and <laughs> Again, the most proactive um, student ever, but you didn't let it discourage well, you. I think, yeah. So, yeah, keep I going. Think, 
Well, here's the deal. When you have a dream and you see it in front of you and you know that it's so close to being attainable, why would you let it distract you? I mean, if we let if we let things distract us that much, then it really isn't your dream, you know? And so I think that was a big yeah. part for me was it was like, no, like now that I've opened this door and I know this is possible, like I will do anything to make it happen. And so um, the nice thing is, is right before I booked a ticket to fly to England to try to get them to let me in, which it was really prestigious school. So I understand why they didn't, but um, <laughs> the, not that Leeds Beckett isn't cause it is as well, but Leeds Beckett is yeah. very, very sports balanced where they put a lot of time yes. and effort and money in sports. And that actually is something I really enjoy because, um, you know, that was a big part of it. And so, uh, I finally got a call that said I got in, which was super exciting. Um, and they let you know fast, mm-hmm. like compared to America where we have to wait a couple months, usually like. I knew within a couple of days on whether I got into schools or not, which is great because you're deciding to move your life across the world. It's good to know very, as quickly as possible. Um, and then, you know, after putting my video and talking to the coach, I knew that I had a spot on one of their four teams that they had over there. So. Love it. When you were making the decision mm-hmm. or when you, when you finally got over there, what were your biggest fears? in terms of making that, that big. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm super family oriented. So I have four brothers and four sisters. So I come from a big family. Um, you know, I've always been close to my family. You know, for a long time I grew up, um, with a single mother, you know, with me and a couple of my siblings. And then, and then once my mom and my dad got married when I was seven, you know, obviously it was from there. And so I've been close to them for a whole long. So that was a big part of it was like, okay, what am I going to miss? You know, my brothers were in high school at the time. And so, missing them play sports and things like that. Um, that was probably one of my biggest fears. Um, another one was giving up my job, you know, because I'd literally gone to school to do what I was doing. And, and that, you know, scared me a little bit. It was like, okay, what if I come back and I can't find one? What if I come back and this didn't work or whatever? Um, and then probably, you know, really thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm about to go somewhere where I don't know anybody. Um, you know, I don't know the culture. I don't know you know, and that, and there's a fear to that, but that is also what excites you the most because, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the fa- missing family stuff, that's something that you get over because you're like, you know what, this is a good opportunity. I'll go do it. Getting up your job is something that you're willing to do because you're like, okay, you know what, if I'm going to go get a master's. I'm going to grade these experiences. I'm going to come back and be even more qualified for whatever job I apply to. The biggest one is, exactly. the biggest one definitely is, you know, oh my gosh, I'm about to move somewhere where I don't know anybody. Like, where am I going to live? How do I take the train? How do I do this? You know, and so, but I think once I got there, one, the nice thing is that you're playing a sport. So it's just like when we went to college when we were 18, you automatically have friends because you automatically have teammates, you know? And so, and they, my teammates would hate that I'm about to say this, but they love our American culture. And so they automatically want to know who you are and where you come from. They used to make fun of the fact that I have a Southern accent, which is hilarious to me because I don't have a Southern accent. Um, uh, you know? mm-hmm. And so, yeah, right. Um, I'll, I'll wear cowboy <laughs> boots every once in a while. Okay. And so, um, but you know, and so that, those fears, the first couple were smaller, but you know, that one you get over quickly. Cause once you get there and you're playing and you're experiencing the culture and you're having fun and, I mean, those things go away, you know, and, and, uh, and so those were probably my, my biggest one. And to be honest, I think for mine, mine's a little different than most of the people that probably t- do TG, which is they just got done playing. For me, I was like, do I still have 
the skill and capability to play at a higher level anymore, you know, because I was 25. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, man, I have, you know, I was in shape and I played a lot, but I hadn't played in a competitive basketball game in five years, you know? And so, um, those right. Were- and let's talk about how, how different the culture is. And so for people, other people who are worried, you know, I've been out of my sport for a little bit, or I haven't been training or practicing in a while. Let's explain to them how welcome they are to play and how many opportunities there are, because you've got not just one team for the university, but every sport has multiple teams, four teams, potentially. So there's a one's team, two's team, kind of like varsity and JV. So if you don't make the one's team, there's still an opportunity for you to play. So you don't have to be the best. Um, It's a very the culture over there is more like our collegiate club and about participation than the intensity of the NCAA. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, for sure. I mean, my specific, so Leeds Beckett, and this is, Leeds Beckett is considered one of the best basketball schools in the country of England. You know, the year before I got there, they had won a national championship. And so this is at its highest level. And so for me specifically at Leeds Beckett, um, they had their top league, which is considered the British Basketball League, which is like what they're – those guys are getting paid to play professional sport. And obviously the cool part about Leeds Beck is if you're good enough to do that and they have enough foreign spots, that's something that can be pulled up to. And then with the, with the university, mm-hmm. the university itself has four teams. So they have their first, second, third, and fourth. And so I guarantee you if you played a college sport in America and no matter what age you are, you will find a role on one of those teams. Um, I mean, hands down, without a doubt. Sure. I mean, when I, and it's not because it's not, not because there's not talent there because there's plenty of, a lot of my, my teammates were very talented, but it's because we take sports so seriously here where we train hours on end every day in the NCAA. I mean, you're literally going nonstop to wherever there. Mm-hmm. It's not the same thing. You know, we would practice, I think we practiced and given this is one of the more competitive schools. So we probably practice more than, a lot of schools did, but we, I think we practiced three times a week and played once or twice or once a week. Um, and then, mm-hmm. and so, but you definitely have a place. You can definitely find a place. Um, that is for sure. There is no doubt in my mind. So. So there, those are some of the differences in terms of the sports culture yeah. between the U S and the UK. Let's talk about the education yeah. system. What did you find to be the, uh, most glaring differences between college in the U.S. versus college in the yeah. U.K. Other than the fact that they spell some of the words differently. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, like I remember the first time I was like, okay, do I need to like change my computer to like, you know, the English spelling, you know? Um, but yeah. I, just yeah, add a right? U. Just, add it, just throw U's in there and you'll, it'll probably be right. Um, and and while yeah. is wildest. So, um, and aluminum is aluminum, just so you guys know. Um, but no, you know, I actually enjoyed their college system more than I enjoy ours. And the reason is, is that they're all paper-based. So we would meet, mm-hmm. my specific course met Tuesday, Thursday from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. So we did two classes each day for an hour and a half. And, um, and so, you know, you're not meeting that much where in America, you know, we're doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday. Um, this is, you know, you're just doing a couple classes um, twice a week. And the nice thing is, is that you don't have any tests. You don't 
do anything of that nature. It's all research-based. And so when we first got there, they actually made international students take like a, a beginner's class of like how to do research in, in, in the UK, which was really helpful because they like openly admitted like you guys do education differently. So we need to like teach you how to do this. And so, but to see my papers go from where they started to where they ended was really cool. Um, and to see how I've developed and, and things like that. And for me as a coach now, it helps me look at my players papers and help them out. And so, um, but I learned way more in the UK system than I ever did in the States. Sorry, Abilene Christian university, but, um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, um, because you have to research it all yourself and you're writing the paper yourself. It's not just like a test where you can just memorize a bunch of stuff. Um, I it's application. Yes. And so you're because you're sitting there writing and you're learning and you're talking about it in class. You know, class is just discussions. It's not let's sit there and take notes. Yeah, you're taking notes because they have PowerPoints, but you're discussing most of the stuff. And and the cool thing Mm -hmm. is, is in my master's at Leeds Beckett, they let us go meet professional clubs like we went and met a professional rugby team, professional soccer team. Obviously, we knew that I knew the professional basketball team. And so it was really cool to see it like integrated and useful and I felt like it was a whole lot more hands-on and I feel like I learned a lot more in my master's courses than I ever did in my undergrad. That's what a lot of students say too. They, they almost prefer the UK system and I did as well because it's very, I mean, you need to be disciplined yeah. because it's much more independent. For sure, yes, it is. Um, and they're not as hands-on, which is hard for a lot of Americans who have kind of, you know, ha- had their yeah. hands held for a little bit. But what's, What's awesome is it's not just about theory, it's about application. And the one thing though that a lot of students need to get used to is how different the oh grading gosh, system is. Remember yes. that? Yeah, so, so I, I, Jesus, I could do a whole podcast on this just to prepare students. When, you know, we are used to getting 80s, 90s and mm-hmm. 100s on papers yeah. or tests or whatever. Over there, you're never going to see a damn no. 100. If you see a 90, you should be teaching the yeah. class. So like a good grade is a 70. Distinction is like 70, 75, right? Yeah. And it's kind of humbling because a 4.0 or like straight A student who used to get great grades in the U.S., when you get a paperback that's a 60, yeah, you're like, and you're like, oh, my God, am I going to pass this course? But it's actually yeah, good. That's great. It's yeah, they, you know, it's funny because so their grading system is from 40 to 80 at least where I was at. And I remember they told us, I was like, okay, I want to know what a good grade is. Like, what do I need to shoot for? So I know. And I remember they told me if you get a 50 or above on your paper, that's a good grade. And I was like, I was like, hold on, what, what, what are you kidding me? (laughs) Um, and so then my first thought was, Oh, that's easy. I can get a 50 on paper, you know, Um, but because it's different, I think at least from what I understand, a 50 ish is like a B. And then the more you climb, yep. you climb up. And so um, it was hard. I remember that my first paper back, um, I was like, oh, my gosh, I got like a 52. And I was like, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to fail. Like, you know, like I was like, and but they're yes. like, oh, good job. Like, great. And I'm like, I'm like, what is going on right now, man? <laughs> yeah, you guys crazy. are crazy. That's, um, that's better than me. I got, thank God, my school did like a practice paper yeah. for us and I JD I got like a 45 yeah. on it and I I got A's in school and I'm pretty sure I got below a 50 on it. Like, 
fuck am I? I'm yep. okay. Why oh, did I I'm come here? Out. I'm going home. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm paying yeah. for this. And so, yeah, this is this is good for people to hear and definitely something that people should be aware of before going over. But it's great to hear that you feel like you learned more for sure, uh, and that you love the experience because another thing that makes students even more skeptical about the degree itself is, hang on, why is it only one yeah. year yeah. and not two? Does that mean it's not as credible no. or we don't learn as much material? And it's, again, just a huge Difference. testament to the differences yeah. in our system. Undergrads in the U.S., yeah. four years. Undergrads Three. in the U.K., yep. Three. When you are going to the U.K. to get a degree, you are studying the degree that you're yep. going for. You're not taking random classes, classes yeah. that don't yeah. do, yeah, that have nothing to do with your course. So it's so great that you feel like you learned more. And I, I feel oh, like I did, yeah, too. Yeah, so. and... I can tell people for that are wondering that question because that's something I wondered too. I actually used a service to get my degree evaluated um, because in the realm of being able to turn in my grades into schools when I apply to schools in terms of being a coach, they want to see my transcript. And obviously I can't hand them a UK transcript that says I got a bunch of 40s, 50s, and 60s because they'd be like, you're joking, right? Go so I got those. Yeah. Trash yeah, that resume. I got those evaluated and turned into American grades. There's companies that do that there. And our degree from the UK is just as good as a degree from here in America. And so, and to be honest, a lot of people like it because in today's world, our world is so global that people like that you have international experience regardless of what you're doing. And so the fact that Absolutely. you can have an international degree is super impressive to people because they like that you already have that on your resume. So yeah absolutely you got to send me whatever service you use because i don't even know what you're oh, talking yeah. about so i can put that in the show notes for people and show me that because i've never even yeah, heard of it absolutely um i would love to okay so, cool yeah. great um okay but how many countries did you go to you oh, were all yeah. over so tell us the where you tell us where you the went the best part um so <laughs> i i very much took advantage of the fact because here, here's the deal guys when i would fly from london to like italy for like 50 bucks 50 bucks like <laughs> oh Ryan my Air. gosh yeah like you know you like have to pay to go to the bathroom on the plane not really but, and you've got no yeah, leg room but, but you're gonna go to italy um and so right. but you know like i can't even fly from austin to dallas for 50 bucks and that's like a 45 minute flight you know like you're literally mm -hmm. and so you have to take advantage of that. I mean, if you're going over there to study, if you study the whole time, like, yes, I want everyone to make good grades, but if you just study the whole time and you didn't go experience the world, then you didn't, then you didn't take advantage of this opportunity. And so, um, I went to 12 countries while I was there and mm -hmm. I went to Ireland, France, Italy, Spain, Switzerland, Poland, Germany, the Czech Republic, the Netherlands, uh, Monte Carlo, Greece and Turkey. Uh, yeah, amazing. Give us one of your favorite travels. Absolutely. Um, okay, so it's <laughs> been a dream of mine forever because I love snowboarding, um, and and so I knew that when I moved over to England, that I didn't care if I went anywhere else, but if I got a snowboard in the Swiss Alps, that that is what <laughs> I wanted to do. So I got a snowboard in the Swiss Alps for three days, and it was magical. I mean, it was. I felt like. 
I was like, I could die and go to heaven right now. I don't even care. Like I'm ready to go. Uh, you know, like <laughs> it was phenomenal. And the, the beer was cheaper than water, um, which was crazy. Um, and so you just gotta, you know, and no one spoke English, which was even cooler. Cause you're just like snowboarding along a bunch of people that don't, you know, speak your language and you're just rocking it and people are just enjoying their time. Yeah. And so, um, snowboarding the Swiss Alps hands down had to be, um, that I'm going to, I'm going to cheat and say a second one, but, um, please, I think please the cool do. part is I remember as I was traveling around, I remember I was on, this is, this leads up to it, but I was on a, um, a sleeper train. So you book a train and you can sleep on it and you have a bed. And a lot of people think that sounds shady, but I'm telling you right now, it's the best use of your time because you wake, you start in one country and you wake up in the morning in another and you're like, Oh, it's like, mm. it's like going to Narnia, you know, like you're like, yeah, hey, that was magical. <laughs> um, and so it's the most productive <laughs> night. So, ever. Um, but I met this guy and now he was like, he was like, Oh yeah, this was on my way to Turkey. And he was like, um, he was, he was just talking about, it. and he was like, Oh yeah, I work at a small school. And I was like, Oh yeah. What professor? What he goes, Oh yeah. I just, um, I work at, uh, Oxford. Have you heard of it? And I was like, Oh, what? Excuse me, sir. Uh, so you just yeah. meet all these cool people. And I remember when I got to Turkey, it was one of the most cool experiences I've ever had just because it was such a different culture than I'd ever experienced, you know, being in, being in the South, growing up in the South in Texas and like, I love it down here, but you know, you just, you really experience the same kind of people over and over and over again. And so the only experience Turkey, um, one, you're in buildings that have been around, like they have the BC in front of them, not the AD in front of them. Like, mm -hmm. whoa, mm -hmm. like, are you kidding me? Um, mm -hmm. And to experience that culture of just like, just something I've never experienced before was just for I mean, like even right now, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to book a ticket, you know, like, um, and. <laughs> well, you're going, yeah, right? So this yeah, this summer I'm going to, I'm going back to Greece um, and Italy and uh, Croatia. Um, so a little bit, and then I'll travel afterwards. So, yeah. Yeah. So those are my two for sure. Okay. I want to finish with two yes. questions. First one. What are your three biggest takeaways from spending one year overseas? Yeah, it's hard. I'm going to be honest. That's a hard question. Um, just because, you know, I just have so much great memories, even thinking about it all. I'm like, man, um, I think the first one for me is just life experience. Um, I can't tell you how many people I tell the, what the opportunity I had to do. And they'll always ask like, oh, how did you enjoy living in England? And my answer is always, it was the best year of my life. Um, and mm -hmm. honestly, if I would have had, I think if I would have had family overseas, um, I think I would have stayed there for as long as, as long as someone was willing to let me stay there. Um, because mm. one, you're just learning new cultures like I already talked about. And that in itself is so awesome. And the fact that there's so many other people on this earth that you get to experience and talk to. And, you know, I had friends that I would never down, have down here in Texas just because, you know, like I said, it's just all a similar culture. You know, we, I had friends from all different religious backgrounds, from all different um, countries, you know, this summer, one of the things I'm doing when I go back over there is I'm staying in Italy to stay with a friend that I met while I was in my course. Then I'm flying to Germany to meet with another friend that was in my course. And then I'm flying back to England to Leeds, um, to meet with my best friend that I made while I was there and teammate. And then he's flying to Texas. Um, and he's going to feel like he's in a different, he's going to feel like he's on Mars when he gets here. 
but um, oh god, it's yeah, gonna be awesome. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, did yeah, I just exactly. Walk into? Um, you gotta take him. Two that's step right. In. We gotta take him two step in. Um, and so, um, you know, I think it's just life experience, friends, and the fact that Lindsay, I think it's so cool um, that I can. You know, if I'm in Germany, I get to call somebody and say, hey, man, can I crash at your pad? Like, you know, like that is just yeah, how amazing. Oh, it's just so awesome. You know, it's just so incredible. And so life experience and culture is definitely um, one of them. Uh, the second is just knowing that you can do it. Like the fact mm -hmm. like it, it's almost like it's the only time in my life where I can really think about that. I had to rely only on myself, you know, like mm -hmm. you get there. I remember I got off the plane. My parents came over with me, which was so gracious of them, but literally they dropped me off. I found this apartment that I had called. I had called around. I checked all these places, and I found this apartment, and I loved it. It was this little flat, um, you know, and it had – I mean, it was tiny, guys, tiny. I mean, you could, like, barely move. So if you're, like, seven foot, don't live there. But, um, <laughs> but like, I would cherish that forever. I have a picture of it still where in my house now just because it was, like – how cool are you? You're living in a flat in England, like, you know, right, like, and you're right. rocking it, man. Like you're, you know, you get to walk everywhere and go eat falafel and eat a bunch of Indian food. And like, you know what bus to take? Like I thought, I remember when my friend, so I had, I had probably eight people, no, seven people come visit me while I was over there. And like the fact that I knew what bus to take from where, or like how to book a train or like any of that, like just knowing that I could do it on my own was really cool. Um, and and you become a local, oh, right? Yeah. It's so different from just going somewhere for two weeks. You don't become a local in, in no. two weeks. You're a yeah. tourist. And but you know you're a local when someone asks you for directions and you Oh my gosh. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. And when you start <laughs> using their lingo, because that's the thing is, you know, mm -hmm. like being able to say mate or um, mm -hmm. you know piss off or I don't know, whatever it may be like, you know, like, <laughs> uh, you know, oi or like anything, you know, they used to, my teammates used to make me try to speak in a British accent. Cause they thought it was so funny. Um, oh, but Southern yeah, Day I know, right. Not a good mix. Or how about when they say, you're yeah. right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. But they, it means like, yeah, you? you're like, okay, cool, bro. Um, <laughs> I'm so confused yeah. at first. So, I felt like such a poser for a long time. Like when I'd get off the bus, I'd say, cheers, mate. And I was like, they know that I'm a fake. They know I'm a fake. Um, <laughs> right, right. So, um, yeah, and so just knowing that you can do it, I mean, you just – and it, it, it just takes care of itself. Like, you know, I think – so my best friend there, his name is Aiden Appleyard, and he still plays in the BBL. And, you know, his family for Christmas, like, took me in, and I had Christmas dinner with them and, like, you know, all mm -hmm. kinds of stuff. And so just knowing that, like – you're going to get taken care of and like people around the world are still people. It doesn't matter what language they speak or whatever, like you just rock it, you know? And, and so, um, that's definitely the, the, the hugest part um, of it. And, but the third, I mean, it just changed my life. I mean, it was truly the best year of my life. You get to get a master's degree, which it doesn't matter what job you're in today's culture, that's going to help you, you know, it's going to help you set apart. Yeah. And, and then you get to go travel, with whatever age you are, you get to travel and you get to tell these stories forever. Like right now I'm sitting in my house and I'm looking across on my fireplace mantle and I have a pot from Greece, a plate from Turkey. I have, um, uh. I have, you know, Anne Frank's diary for when I went and visited her house. Um, you know, I have a picture from Paris. I mean, all these things I have my, um, I, you love know, it. I have my Swiss Alps, um, 
ticket, you know, that I had framed, like mm. those things, those, those changes your life and you get to talk about those forever. And then ultimately mm. you get to play the sport you love. Like who doesn't want to keep playing? Yeah. Oh, we yeah. forgot about that part, you know, right? You playing sport. And like, for me, like I said, you know, I was removed. So the fact that I got to play again was just a blast. You know, they used to make fun of me because I was one of the older guys on the team. You know, I was 24, 25 and there was one other guy who was 24, 25, but most of them were between 18, 21, 22. And so, you know, I was kind of the old guy. I remember one of them said, like, man, if I can look at as good as you when I'm older, I'd be doing great. I was like, I'm not a dinosaur. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm still in my <laughs> young 20s. Like, <laughs> not even you know, like, what the heck? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, golly, <laughs> man. And so, um, but you get to play and you just get to enjoy life. I mean, truthfully, it's something that is a lifetime, I mean, once in a lifetime experience that you can never, ever get to do ever again. And so, um, you know, I still talk about it. I, I guarantee that I talk about my experience in England at least a couple times a week, whether that's to my players, whether it's the people that have asked what to do. And I'm telling you, I know this is going to sound stupid. And for those of you who don't know me, whatever, but it's like, you sound super cool too. Like you're going to come back and be like, yeah, I live in England. No big deal. Like, How bad yeah, like I play basketball yeah. overseas. It's no big deal. Like, you know, like how cool is that? So, um, <laughs> I think, you know, I don't know if that answered the question, but I could just talk about it forever. It did. So sorry to those. And you kind of, so. you kind of answered the last question, but I'm just going to yeah. pose it again. What advice do you have for anyone considering team beliefs for themselves right now? Yeah. Um, first of all, I know where you guys are at because I was there in 2014. And I remember sitting there thinking, can I really do this? Can I really, can I, is this, is this something I can really do? And I'll tell you, honestly, I remember the day that I got on that plane, I was so excited, but I was also pissing my pants, you know? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Like, what's it going to be like? And honestly, you just have to freaking do it. Like to quote the great philosopher, Phil Knight. I mean, literally just do it uh, because it's something you will never regret. And beyond, you have to be, and you also have to be proactive. You can't just sit there and wait for schools to contact you. It's not like America where, you know, we're used to getting recruited and schools contacting us and trying to slew us and, you know, I mean, woo us, excuse me, and like, put mm -hmm. your profile up, figure out the numbers, get a Skype account and start calling them. Because like, the more proactive you are, the more options you get. And, and I mean, look up your own apartments, look up those types of things. And if you don't know how to do that, like, literally ask Lindsay, she'll help you. Like, I can't tell you how much she can tell you this. I would call Lindsay at all hours of the night because I would just be sitting there just daydreaming. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I want to talk about it, you know? And so I probably asked her, no joke, at least a hundred questions. And she took the time. She never made me feel stupid. And she took the time to really sit there and genuinely be excited with me. When I, just so you guys know, I know this is kind of going off course, but when I got in, because I was really excited I got in, she was in Australia. And I called her, and I don't know what crack of dawn time it was for her, but she got out of her bed, and we literally jumped around on FaceTime together. And it was like, ah! Like, it was... I got yeah. accepted! And, I mean, and, and so, Lindsay, to your credit, like, I, you know, I don't know, I know there's other companies like this out there, but I'm telling you right now, guys, she is the difference maker. And, because you don't have to pay for it, which is the first plus, and if someone's making you pay for it, run away. But the second plus is you get a, an amazing woman that's going to help you go through this. You know, I mean, it's like she's your English mother, you know, like that's really what it is. And so or your sister or whatever. And 
And so you got to be proactive, but ultimately you just got to do it. I mean, just get there and do it. Like you will never regret it. Um, and ever, 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 ever will you regret it. And so I'm telling you my, I've told Lindsay this, but my number one thing that I'm so excited for is that someday I will take my children and my wife over to Leeds, England and say, this is the flat your dad lived in. I'm going to like cry right now. This is the flat. JD, my heart's um, <laughs> like beating out of my chest. I have chills. Um, this is the place where your dad decided to move his life and chase his dreams. And he did it. And he friggin' did it. And I'm telling you that you guys should all do it too. And, and not only that, guys, like my dad and my mom came over and they'd never been to Europe. One of my former students that I taught and coached, he came over and like I got to show him where I lived and stuff. And I got friends that are coming over here. I've had friends come over like this kind of stuff will change your life. And like you will never be more proud of yourself and more excited for what you're doing. Mike, drop. Yeah, boom. We're Rops done. We're Rops done here. <laughs> JD, I am so grateful for you. You are like family. You're a brother to me. You know that. I can't wait to visit you again in Austin. Yes. Okay. Um, and I mean, I, I can't think of a better first podcast. Guys, us, by so the way, I... today is Lindsay's 30th birthday. Um, ah! She probably doesn't know what you guys <laughs> all know that, but I'm letting you know that because party. Um, but Yee! it shows you, I know that everybody says, but it shows you that she will always put you before she puts herself because it's her 30th birthday and she's sitting on a podcast with me. How cool is that? So, um, <laughs> yes. So. Well, thank you for doing it this day, too, because, you know, this was like my present to myself, well, too. So thanks for being available absolutely, today. Absolutely. Okay, my friend, I cannot think of a better guest to have. JD, you just you well, killed thank it. You. And I love you love so you much. Too. I feel very honored. I appreciate it. So thanks for having me. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode, our first episode. As much as I enjoyed connecting with JD, he's obviously just a phenomenal human, and I'm so happy that our paths crossed. Uh, so I included a link in the show notes to that degree translator we were talking about. So if you need to show an employer um, how your UK degree transfers or translate to a US one, you can check this link out. It's NACES.org. And I included JD's email address in there too. So if you guys want to reach out to him, ask him any questions, go for it. He was kind enough to let me do that. So don't hesitate to reach out. Okay. See you next week.